Good morning. I think we can do better than that. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, that's so good. So good to see you all here. Our scripture reading today is from Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. But first, let us pray this prayer together. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, first Sunday of Advent. Can we believe that it's here? I hardly can. And yes, my mom is sitting over there, so I just thought it, Helen did the plug-in, so I didn't need to, but she's over there sitting with uh, Fabian, obviously. <laughs> so if you want to say hi afterwards, feel free. Uh, such a special time. I'm still, someone asked, what's it like having your mom here? And you know, it's been two years because of COVID. And I said, I don't think it's truly hit me yet. It's a little surreal, but I'm very, very thankful. Season of Advent. I find this season, I don't know about you, to be quite puzzling. To be quite puzzling. Because it's a, it's a time of, uh, you know, where most of us remember past Christmases. But we're also looking forward to the most recent coming Christmas. So there's this uh, element of nostalgia sometimes. Oh, there's an element of anticipation. You know, this Christmas needs to be good. It needs to be better, especially during COVID. It's almost like we like, this Christmas needs to be even better because the previous one maybe was not. But rarely do we stop and just sit in the moment of what Advent is. Rarely do we just stop and sit in the waiting, in the present. You see, some of us sing it's the most wonderful time of the year. And I love Christmas here in Canada because you have snow. I missed snow during Christmas. Australia was hot and we spent it on the beach, which sounds lovely in theory but I missed the snow. But while some of us think it is the most wonderful time of the year, others probably think the opposite. But when we read these stories of, of stars in the east and, and magi and shepherds and angels singing and a loving picture of a mother and a baby, when we read these stories, we don't always feel the magic or the majesty 
of that moment in our current situations and lives. It doesn't always translate from page to our realities, does it? Sometimes, and for some people, it, it almost seems like hope, which is the theme of today, actually just goes on holiday. It's just not even here. It went, it went down to the beach, down to the tropical areas. It's a confusing season, Advent. Many of us don't really know what to do with Advent. We just want to jump forward to Christmas, right? It's like, you know, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and I know many of you are probably sitting here, sitting at home going, I have so much to do before Christmas comes. <laughs> is it really here already? Because every year, I mean, it, it, it's the same every year, is it not? We, it just comes and like hits us, and we're just like, well, that's shocking. It's here already. It hasn't moved dates. I mean, Christmas is always in December. We always know the weeks leading up. And yet it feels like a hurricane just kind of rushed in and left us leaving dizzy and unprepared. And we just begin rushing around and trying to prepare for the season, for family, for food, for Christmas to come. It's confusing. It's a time when we look for a baby to be born while knowing that this baby was already born and is still being born in our hearts. It's a time of, of the past, and yet it's a time of the current present, and yet it's a time of the ongoing future. And more often than not, this season leading up to Christmas, Advent as we call it, it feels more, less praiseworthy, less amazing. It feels more like stress. It feels like disappointment. Some, it feels like loneliness, busyness. Some, it feels just like an ongoing repertoire of injustice, disconnection. You see, Advent feels sometimes how it should, and that's the real human struggle in the world. I think of uh, those who've lost their homes in BC, especially right now. You know, what, what does it feel like to them? It's not easy, it's, it's a struggle. Is difficult. It's difficult sometimes to sing the carols and actually mean it, to read the Christmas story of Jesus' birth and actually mean it. But, you know, the days leading up to Jesus' birth are about real human struggle. When you really read the scripture, it's right there. And while many of us come to church during Advent and Christmas to feel the joy and the gladness of the season, I want us to sit in the waiting. And I want us to sit in the lamentations of the prophet Jeremiah today. Oh, Jeremiah. The voice of despair for most of his ministry. <laughs> most pastors go, I don't want to be a prophet because Jeremiah gave me a really good example of what a prophet is. 
Oh, Jeremiah, he not only is given a bad reputation of being a woeful prophet, but he had a really tough crowd to preach to. You see, behind this particular scripture that we read earlier are a people of despair, not hope. You're going, Pastor Brittany, our theme is hope, and you're giving us despair. Sorry, I'm just being a little real. But Jeremiah speaks to hostages in a foreign country who are being seduced to start a new life in Babylon. That's the historical context here. And he tells them, though, through the sorrow and lament, through all the scripture leading up to this, he tells them through this loneliness and through their struggle and through everything that they're feeling that despite every single thing that says otherwise, days are coming. That despite everything they're feeling, everything that's happening around them, all the destruction, all the despair, all the lack of hope that's out there, days are coming. Days of joy and laughter, days where everything will be right. Days of God's promises being fulfilled. Jeremiah preaches this hope. Jeremiah preaches that our hope is not in making the best of a bad situation. It's not when we say, well, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, or I guess in this context, when in Babylon. But no, it's not about making the best of a situation. Jeremiah is saying that our hope is in trusting in the creative and redemptive and sure purposes of God. Days are coming. A king is coming. Hope is coming. Amen. Hope is on his way, and his name is Jesus. You see, the people of despair who heard these words of Jeremiah, they never saw this king that was foretold to them. And I think that if we ignore the pain and despair of the original audience, that's like celebrating Christmas without Advent. And many of us have been guilty of that. If we ignore the pain and despair, we ignore Advent. You see, we, we'd much prefer to just go on ahead and get on with the joyful celebration already started, especially in these times. I'm with you there. There are days where all I want is just to celebrate. But the purpose of Advent is to help us sit in the real human despair present in today's world. Before the celebrations, before the joyous occasions, we wait in hopeful expectation for Christ our King. And waiting in hopeful anticipation isn't easy, especially for those who have experienced and still experience the horrors of injustice. Especially for those who have lost everything. You see, Advent and Christmas usually point us to the past, a sense of nostalgia like I mentioned earlier, but Jeremiah turns us toward the future of the fulfillment of God's promises. 
We are tempted to not only look back on the good and the previous Christmases that we may or may not have had in the seasons and, and look back on all the good. We don't want to remember the bad. We want to look on the good. And then we usually look forward to the new Christmas coming. You know, we think how good that'll be and how much better we can make it. And we just think of the good. But often we try to ignore the, the even further future because the unknown is, is daunting to us. We don't want to. We want to focus on the good, what makes us feel good. But Jeremiah assures us that the future, even unknown, of what is to come is of God. And God is good. Jeremiah 20, 11 says, and I'm sure you know this, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. A future with hope. There will be a future in God's time and fulfillment in God's terms, not ours, not the church's. And you see, a church who observes Advent not as counting down to Christmas, but counting forward to the promised future, lives hopeful lives in which we anticipate new beginnings, new life. This is such an amazing, amazing time. Can you feel it? The hope? Can you start to, to see that, that what Jeremiah was saying was like, yes, there's all this despair and brokenness. But do you know God is in our future? That hope is coming. A king is coming. And this is new life and new beginnings for all of us. Christmas is the beginning of the church calendar. It's our new year in sacred time. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it is. We're anticipating everything new. We're hoping for this, this new start. A beginning to the mystery and certainty of God's presence. You see, it's not a time of accumulating years, but a movement forward toward fulfillment. It's not a day of self-improvement, but for community reaffirmation of trust. This waiting and longing is not just a single day at the end of Advent, but days to come and keep coming that represent a new beginning and new lives. It's the kingdom shining through here on earth. Just like the prayer, the kingdom come near, the kingdom here on earth. And when Jeremiah speaks of justice and righteousness in verse 15, you know, righteousness isn't an attitude, it's a conduct. It's doing the God thing. Can I put it that way? The God thing. What do I mean by that? Right doing as opposed to wrongdoing and doing as opposed to being. 
You see, righteousness is the humble way of living toward others. It's, it's being in right and just and loving relationship with God and with each other. And justice here is not about retribution, it's about restoration. New beginnings. New life. So are we willing to welcome the day when God's justice and righteousness will be fulfilled? You know, this scripture from Jeremiah shows us the importance of waiting the importance of anticipating, of trusting in God's promised future that sometimes seems very, very far removed from our reality. It's the season of Advent where we as, as a people of God are tasked with creative imagination. I'm sure Mo would be happy with me sharing about creativity. You see, together with Jeremiah, we are called to not only name the suffering and injustices of our world and communities, but to lean into God's promised alternative future. This is when we rely on God's continuous presence. This is when we trust in God's provision from the past and imagine God's fulfillment of the promises that will take place in the future. That's creative imagination. If you can imagine all that, you have a great imagination. That's a theological imagination. See, with everything happening in Jeremiah's time, with everything happening now in our days, we are pushed to see a future, God's future, which can seem a little absurd and sometimes laughable. Jeremiah is the perfect herald to usher in the Advent season. See, as the, the lonesome Advent candle burns, Jeremiah recalls his own city burning. But he doesn't speak of destruction here. He speaks of God's future and the longing he feels for that future. We're going to have a little Spanish lesson here. I'm sure everyone will love that. In Spanish, there's this perfect word that I've been just, just living in this past week, and it's, it's called anhelo. Sorry for my accent, anhelo. But anhelo, is, is, it means longing, but it's so much more. It's a, it's a, a mix of something that we hope for, that we long for. It's a very deep desire of our hearts. Sometimes we don't even know what that desire is, but we long for it. It's a deep longing that when it comes, it completes us. Anello. Many people's realities this season, this whole year, this whole couple years, is one that understands and comprehends this deep, deep longing. And like Jeremiah, we have our own cries of anello in our hearts. You see, reading Jeremiah during Advent 
It reminds us of this deep longing, what we desire, what we desire that we don't even realize we desire. Do we not long for God's future, for this hope to be fulfilled? Maybe you have your own list of longing. I would like to share just some of mine with you today. I long for the day that surely is coming when God's future is a reality. I long for the day that is surely coming when the poor aren't sent to shelters or sleep on the streets. I long for the day that is surely coming when there is space, there is no space for violence, but only peace and love. I long for the day that is surely coming when there's no abuse. I long for the day that is surely coming when there is no room for racism or sexism or homophobia or modern slavery or any injustice. I long for the day that is surely coming when there are no fences, no barriers, no walls between neighbors. I long for the day that is surely coming when people know the God that Jeremiah heralds and whom Jesus will incarnate, not a hidden God, but a personal God who hears God's people cry, Anello. I long for people to know not a God of religion, but of relationship. Not a God who enjoys destruction and fire, but mercy and justice. Which was brought to us in Jesus in a way that we still cannot fully grasp. Jeremiah leads us into Advent with this anello, this deep longing, so that it can be an expression in our worship, so that it can be an expression in our everyday lives. This is what the beginning of Advent means. This is how we live hopeful lives, Advent lives, Lives of deep longing and anticipation. Lives of waiting. It's through this posture of waiting and anticipating and longing that we become partners with God in the advent of a new reality. You see, Advent is certainly a time for hope and peace and joy and love, which are the themes of each Sunday. But it is... Those things amidst brokenness and despair. Brokenness and hopelessness don't just go away because we don't want to see it. It's not just swept under the rug. And you know, God's church of righteousness and justice shouldn't sweep it under the rug either. This is Advent. 
The church can no longer contain this deep desire of our hearts. And it's when the church cries, Anello, and it bursts forth, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Come, Lord Jesus. We cry, come. This Advent season, we wanted to focus on hope. So we went around asking people. <laughs> this Advent season, we wanted to focus on hope. So we went around asking people, what gives you hope these days? Let's see what they had to say. The Calgary Flames are winning, and that's, that's, that's what I need right now. Uh, even through the trials and tribulations of a difficult work situation, I get to come home to my beautiful wife every day to a beautiful home. Um, seeing God's work in communities and everywhere all over the city, that gives me lots of hope. Uh, just knowing that God keeps His promises and He never fails us. Uh, knowing that we have a good community here at Skyview and knowing that I have um, a family. That my family is safe at home and that we get to spend Christmas together. What gives you hope? What does your heart long for and cry for? You know, how appropriate that the first Sunday of, of Advent is also Communion Sunday, where we gather around the holy table. This is lovely, is it not? Jeremiah preached God's promise that days are coming. And you know, this is, this is even more meaningful when we gather around the table. The table of anello. The table of longing. This meal does not point to magi and a star, but to a world that's gone, gone a little crazy. It's not a table cloaked in romance and happy memories, but set with food paid for a price too dear. This is a table for, for anyone and everyone with deep longings. People who pray with Jeremiah for the days that are surely, surely coming. I want uh, all of you here and at home to join me as I lead us through a responsive prayer at this table of longing. And after we do this quite lengthy prayer, so stay with me. Uh, we will take the elements together. In the beginning, O oh God, there was only you. We lived with you, walked with you, and your presence was like the light of a thousand suns blazing. Yet we turned away from that light and walked into the dark. We hid from the glory of your fire. Our eyes were blinded by your brightness. Even so, you did not turn from us. You gave us the promise of a new light, the hope of our reconciliation. You promised us your son. We await the fulfillment of your promise. We look into the dark with eyes unused to your radiance and see an ember burning. Renew our eyes 
Send us your light, O God. In the beginning, O God, there was only you, and you moved to save us from our blindness, to lead us from our dark wanderings, and to bring us back into the light of day. Little by little, you have revealed your light. Little by little, you have accustomed us and slowly uncovered the ember of our hope still burning. You have revealed to us Christ Jesus. We have walked with your prophets. We have tried to open our eyes to the lights. Help us to see again. Help us to endure the light of your coming. Send us your light, our hope and our salvation. Send us your son. Send us Jesus. In the beginning, O God, there was only you, creator, word, and breath. And from that beginning, we see our birth. From that beginning, we see our salvation. From that beginning, we see our source of life. Come, loving creator. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come to us now. For the promise of our salvation, the ember of life still burning, is Christ Jesus who comes as one of us, who comes to save us and who comes to lead us into the light. And the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks, and he broke it, saying, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this and remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup and he gave thanks to give all to drink, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant, which is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. For as long as you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Through God and with God and in God is all glory and honor, all life and light, now and forever. Amen. Let us partake of the elements. Let us pray. Lord God, the Spirit transforms our waiting, expectation, and anticipation into great joy as we look for the coming of your Son, our Savior, into our world and into our lives. God, you poured your Spirit on Jeremiah and gave him words of hope Pour out your spirit upon us gathered here. As we eat and drink, may we know your presence. As we eat and drink, may we be open to the possibilities of your hope and power. And may we be strengthened in our time of waiting for peace and justice so that we will have the courage to make the Christmas promise a reality. Jesus, you truly are Emmanuel, God with us. In this season of hope, may the meal we've shared together nourish us, 
to be your body in the world. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And with the angels in heaven, we join in singing your praises. Glory to God in the highest. Alleluia. Amen.